a lot of people have experienced brain injuries, um, including myself. And it's this, this is a cause that we can't lose. It's a tragic event when someone gets a TBI. And the fact that the helmet industry is really not doing anything, we saw this giant problem and we knew this isn't something we can walk away from. We have to be successful. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Medical Creative. This episode's a little bit different than the others. I get to speak with Benjamin McHugh, who is a co-founder of Flux Motion, a company who's providing an innovative solution to helmet technology, helping to address the problem of brain injuries from athletes despite them wearing helmets. Our conversation ranges from how he became interested in finding a solution to this problem, all the way through the lessons that he has learned as an entrepreneur. We also talk about the integration of engineering and medicine to accomplish a common goal. If you want to find out more about the work that he's doing, his website is www.fluxmotionllc.com. Without further ado, here's Ben. Welcome to another episode of The Medical Creative. I'm Austin Sellers, the host, and with me today, I'm super excited. We've got Ben McHugh. He is uh, one of the co-founders of a company called Flux Motion, which is an innovative helmet insert to help try and mitigate some of the complications of brain injuries that people face, even when they're wearing helmets. So Ben, thanks so much for joining. I'm really, really looking forward to this. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for inviting me on. Definitely just as excited as you are. Well, I've got to say, you know, your enthusiasm for this is infectious, and I'm super happy that you get to share your work with all of the listeners, because even in our conversations, and it's amazing to talk to someone who's so passionate about what they're doing and geared up and focused on trying to combat some problems. So I guess before anything else, just thanks for being you. It's awesome to hear. And I love talking to people that are super excited about what they're doing. So um, if you don't mind giving all of the listeners just a quick rundown of, you know, who you are, where you're coming from, and then we can get more into flux motion as time goes on. Yeah, no, no problem. I think that's a great place to start. So uh, thank, thanks everyone for tuning in today, I guess. My name is Benjamin McHugh from Flux Motion. And right now we're designing and integrating a non-Newtonian helmet damper uh, to help prevent some of the brain injuries that Austin had, had mentioned. So I think you're going to have to help walk me along because I think I slept through physics class throughout my undergraduate experience. So Give me a bit of a rundown, non-Newtonian fluid in terms of a helmet insert. So what, what exactly does that look like? How has this kind of come about? Um, give me the preschool version of all this <laughs> physics talk. Yeah, yeah, no problem. So you've probably seen cornstarch in water. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe as a science fair, you did something like that yeah, in yeah, high yeah. school. For sure. Yeah. Exactly. So, so it's, it's one of those things where it's a fluid when, it, when you're moving really slowly. You can stick your hand into it just like water. You know, you could slap it really hard and it act like a solid. So that's one of the, those responsiveness to the impacts that I was referencing. I see. Okay. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Cornstarch and water, just a little bit sexier and, and uh, a little more involved than that. But thank you for speaking to my level of knowledge here. So I think one of the cool things about you and the project that you're working on 
is it really touches on how medicine is so multifaceted and how, you know, there's integrations with folks from engineering, pharmacology. There's so many things that all wrap into this greater umbrella of medicine. So I think that the outside perspectives that we have definitely can address some problems that people may not see if they're in the weeds or working day to day within quote unquote proper medicine. So having that engineering background, how has it been, at least from your standpoint, peeking into, you know, the medical world, the medical aspects, has it been a fun, fun ride so far? Man, oh man, does it make me realize how little I know about your guys' side of the world. But I, I really do think it's been a great learning opportunity. We've been working with a great team and they've really caught up to speed. You know, we've, we've had a lot of mentors, which I'll be touching on in a little bit, that have really helped our product come along, you know, and, and merge that engineering aspect and the, the medical field, essentially. So it's been quite nice. So... You'll have to give me the rundown. Uh, I'd imagine every company like this has an origin story, and I'm curious about yours. So how did this idea first come about? Was it an interest that you had had all along, or what, what brought up this idea of trying to reinvent or innovate within helmets or head protection for sports activities, all, all those things that come with it? What was the, the tipping point for this? Yeah, that's, that's a great question, and I'm happy to share with you. I'd say, a pro, you know, a, a little bit of background about the company. You know, on, on March 14th, 2015, I grew up in Colorado, and I was out there skiing with my father. Just a beautiful spring day, you know, and I mean, we're like, okay, you know, let's just get one more run in. You know, we were going to call it quits, but we're like, okay, last run of the, almost the season pretty much. And uh, my father would always, you know, I'd always beat him down to the, to the base of the mountain, right? And so we do this last run, and he's there waiting for me at the bottom. And he sees a flight for life helicopter coming and, and starts to go a little bit worried. He soon finds out that I was airlifted uh, to one of the local hospitals. And so he dr drives down the mountain, obviously, <laughs> quite worried, and, and walks into the hospital and sees me there in a coma and on life support. You know, that, that, that all happened despite wearing a helmet. And, uh, you know, so they, what they did, the hospital, is they run an MRI of my brain. And I wish I could show you pictures because you'll see these little black dots on the MRI of my brain. And those are essentially a traumatic brain injury and are a form of permanent brain damage. So just a little bit of background about probably TB, you know, TBIs, traumatic brain injuries. Uh, they're, they're one of the leading causes of death and disability among athletes. One of the things that people maybe aren't, don't, don't know as much about TBIs, but they're probably a little bit more familiar with concussions. And uh, according to Dr. Otovitz, which I'll touch a little bit on here in a minute, you know, they're actually, concussions are just as serious as TBIs. In fact, over 10 million people are affected annually by TBIs. And the deficits don't just end once you recover from a, from a brain injury, right? You've got lifelong disabilities, one of which the problems is you're at a four and a half times risk of Alzheimer's. Yeah, especially as of late, you're right. People think about brain injuries in terms of concussions. And there's been a lot of talk now about CTE with these football players. And as time goes on, you know, we're, we're learning more about all of this. 
But yeah, at the onset, everyone thinks about major traumatic injuries, but even in smaller cases, smaller collisions, things like that, there are vastly impactful long-term effects of things like this. So first of all, how was that? I mean, I can't even imagine going through that, let alone getting over it. I, the drive your dad must have made, oh, I can't even begin to, to picture that. How soon after the accident happened did you realize, hey, we could do something better? There's got to be a better solution to this. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of was just a problem. Obviously, you know, we, we talk about some of those disabilities that someone with a TBI experiences. And I mean, they were quite impactful for me. And so through that, you know, I, I was wearing a helmet and, you know, my neurologist at the time tells me, yeah, that it actually doesn't do much to protect you. Um, you know, we, we talk about potential solutions and everything. And um, it, it, it turns out that recreational helmets don't really protect your brain against brain injury. You, you look at some of the current helmets today and their, their primary purpose is to prevent skull fractures. And they're relatively ineffective at protecting your brain from peak forces. And, and those, those forces come essentially in two different shapes, you can think of them as. One, one of which is a rotational force and then the other of which is a linear force. Typically, brain injuries are comprised of both of these different modes. Through that, I, you know, that, that kind of made me think of the solution, like you said. Hey, if we could just have a helmet insert that protects your brain from all these different kind of impacts. And, you know, what, what is that going to do? Now you're going to be protected at the, those low speeds, right, where, where maybe you're more susceptible to some of those CTE injuries that you spoke of. Um, as well as, you know, something with quite a bit more trauma, like a TBI, you know, you're going to be protected at the high speeds. Um, and ultimately, it's going to reduce the leading cause of hospitalization and death among skiers. And that's got to be, I mean, you grow up and you think about, okay, well, I'm going to go out bike riding, I'm going to wear a helmet, I'm going to go skiing, got to make sure I wear my helmet. And yeah, you, you never really think about how the helmet helps, you just know that you put it on your head and if anything goes wrong, you should be protected, you would think. So hearing that, I'm sure the more research you've done, it's, it's probably shocking to realize that these helmets, even though they, I guess on the surface you think, oh, they're great, this is going to be awesome, but the fact that they're not exactly designed intentionally to prevent things like you know brain injuries but more so are just designed to prevent skull fractures. That's a little disheartening, but it's nice to hear that people are trying to combat those problems. And I imagine that throughout this process, there's been some trial and error. You didn't wake up one day with the perfect solution and just start designing everything and said, oh, this is great. I can imagine you had to go back to the drawing boards a few times. So can you talk a little bit about that process of what your approach to some potential solutions were, how you ended up where you're at now um, with your system, your design. How has that evolved over time? Yeah, and I mean, kind of where we started was, was looking at what, what was out there, right? Identifying a problem. Helmet technology hasn't changed relatively at all since it's come out. You know, it's, it's uh, this foam, which is called EPS foam, and 
it's relatively ineffective at protecting your brain from brain injuries. But even more recently, you know, there, there have been features that are included maybe in, in some of the helmets that you can buy right now, some of the recreational helmets you can buy that advertise that they can protect your brain. But you look at some of them and some of our leading competitors can only protect you per se against rotational acceleration or linear acceleration, but they can't protect you against both. There's one, one group out there that I think can, but the thing about their technology is that it's so bulky that no one really wants to wear it. You know, it's not breathable, it's heavy. And I mean, that's one of the leading reasons people don't wear helmets is because it's too heavy or something. And so, you know, obviously if we put someone in a bubble suit, we'd be able to protect them from anything, but that's not very practical to assume a customer wants that which is really where our solution came into place by using this non-Newtonian fluid to absorb all the different impacts, right? Not only can we protect, you know, are we going to be able to protect against some linear accelerations and rotational accelerations at all speeds, but our design is very lightweight and really takes into account the end user so that they're going to want to use our product and that they're going to have confidence that we're protecting them regardless of the impact that they have, unlike our competitors, where you really have a great deal of doubt with that. And that's probably something that for folks listening at home who might have an idea that they want to pursue or want to design, I imagine that's something that you've had to fight this entire way, balancing needing to provide a certain function, being able to dampen the rotational and linear forces that people might experience, but also have it be a design that people can wear, people can wear comfortably, that they'd be okay having people see them in, in a helmet that doesn't look all crazy. You know, it's not going to be like those old, like the retro braces with the big like halo around someone's face. You know, it needs to be a design that people can get behind and, and they're going to want to look good while also protecting themselves. So I imagine that if you had some advice for folks at home, it would be, you know, hey, think about all the things that, the end user is going to want out of your product. Um, so I'm sure, you know, I want to bring up some some of your opinions for how the process has gone and some things that people might want to avoid down the road. But at least when I was hearing that, that's what it made me think of is like, hey, there's a lot more that goes into it than just this is the optimal function. You also have to meet some form component as well for people to want to buy in and, and be okay utilizing your product. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's, that's definitely really true. I mean, if, and I mean, that's one of the, the great reasons, you know, that we've really enjoyed working in a cross-functional team um, with someone, you know, on our board of advisors, we've got Dr. Otovitz, a neurologist, and, um, you know, obviously the team's comprised of mechanical engineers. And if you want one group to, to have their way, you know, the, the product isn't going to be very well-rounded. And so that's one of the reasons that we're working with all these different groups is to really provide the best solution for the end user. You know, something that's going to provide them unprecedented amounts of protection, as well as be one of the most uh, comfortable and effective form factors out there. Sure. So... You've mentioned your team a couple of times. You say that it's very multifaceted, that you've got folks, both engineers and then, you know, neurologists as well. Is that right? So can you talk about your team a little bit and, and who all is involved and what roles they might play um, in the, the design process so far? Yeah, 
Of course, I'd be happy to introduce them. Uh, I, I really do think a great deal of our success and innovation has come from the core team. So we have a total of three co-founders on the team, uh, all of which are mechanical engineers from Montana State University. One of the co-founders' name is Brian Glan. Uh, he's currently doing some engineering work for an aerospace company in beautiful Bozeman, Montana. <laughs> he was one of the, the lucky three of us that was able to stay in Bozeman. And then uh, one, one of the other core team members is Tad, and uh, he's currently getting his master's in mechanical engineering in Anchorage, Alaska, and that's going to be specializing in damping systems, which obviously has a huge impact um, on the success of our product. And uh, obviously myself, you know, I, I did quite a bit of work at Craig Hospital in Inglewood, Colorado. This is a world-renowned facility specializing in brain injuries, essentially. So I was able to meet many of the, you know, industry-leading neurologists. You know, I saw what a valuable resource that was. So uh, Tad was actually able to get Dr. Otovitz, and he's a neurologist in Alaska right now who's joined our board of advisors and has really helped us as we've been, you know, in the early stages of the company. So I'm curious to know if there's been some push and pull because it feels like everyone on the team that you've described probably has their own view on how everything should operate. They have their own expertise and, and you know, specialties as things go, get involved. How has it been communicating with Dr. Otovitz, has it been tough to come to some solutions, both from an engineering standpoint as well as a medical standpoint? I imagine that there's some give and take there that you have to navigate to make sure that everyone is both comfortable moving forward, but that the product is of a sound standpoint and fits everyone's needs from their you know level of expertise. Yeah, and I mean... Really, at the end of the day, I'm in sales, so getting getting a product that a customer is going to want to buy is is something that I have a a good background in. You know, being in sales, uh, engineering obviously does want to create a, the the bubble the bubble boy suit because you know that's gonna that's gonna protect the user. Yeah. But really, we've got to we've got to be somewhere in between. That's part of engineering in general is just that give and take, like you've talked about. More recently, in the in the past week or two, one of the valuable relationships that we've recently started is based at Virginia Tech. They have a laboratory that's dedicated to testing a helmet's ability to protect the user's brain, which is which really, when you look at that, is an unprecedented test, right? We we talked about helmets never really being designed to prevent brain injuries, and now there's a laboratory that's saying, hey, this is this helmet, it's rated on a five-star system, star one being it's not very protective for your brain, and then star five is quite a bit better than, than a one-star helmet. And so uh, we, we've really started to work with this cutting-edge facility that's going to allow us to show how effective our product is at protecting, at protecting the user's brain, right? So even, even you know, having to, to design a comfortable solution we're still we're still going to have a third party that's able to show the effectiveness and ultimately give the end user confidence finally give them confidence in their protective equipment unlike the other helmets maybe that that don't haven't even haven't even worked with Virginia Tech's helmet lab 
where they're having to constantly second guess and say, oh, I, I, I hope I'm going to be protected if I hit my head and, and not have to give up my quality of life. So it's got to be nice to have that external validation that your product is safe and doing what it needs to be doing, but also from your standpoint, something that users can feel comfortable having and using and, and without sacrificing any of the safety, you're able to design a product that people want. I guess that's probably about the as best a fit as you can find, having some researchers doing you know research specific to your product. Uh, that way you can verify that yeah, I can talk the talk and walk the walk at the same time. Exactly. And I mean, luckily their, their laboratory, you know, it's, it's one of a kind, but it is backed by volumes of research publications out there, you know, of, of which we're kind of, when, when I said cutting edge, you know, they're, they're releasing a new thing this summer that Flux Motion is going to be heavily involved with. And that's really going to help show, like I said, the effectiveness of our product. Yeah, that's awesome. So let's talk a little bit about the process up to this point, because I imagine that throughout your iterations of design, there might have been some unexpected results or some things that kind of came up that you either challenges you had to overcome or, you know, surprising results that you were able to embrace early on. Have there been some things that have either thrown you for a loop or that you have kind of rolled with the punches with in terms of your design or the process? Yeah, I mean, I'd like to, you know, talk about the surprises. And rolling with the punches, you know, I, I, this is really one of the most positive things that I've realized, you know, and, and that's just the immense resources that are available for young entrepreneurs. Flux Motion has already been able to re- receive funding uh, from some venture competitions out west. When we were first getting off the ground and everything, that's when I realized that everyone wants to see young entrepreneurs be successful, just like they did with Flux Motion. And so uh, Blackstone, they're a pretty big venture group that has partnered with an institution out west that we've been working heavily with. And, uh, you know, the relationships that we've been able to make through that incubator have really allowed us to work towards our goal of preventing these leading cause of death and disability among athletes. That, that's out west, but I've seen countless other things here in, in Cleveland, Ohio as well. You know, it's just the resources are, are so much more than you could ever imagine. And I mean that, especially when you're just getting off the ground and stuff. And I mean, there's, there's stresses. You, we talk about these failures of rolling with the punches and everything. I mean, that's part of life. It's going to happen. But I mean, being able to have these resources there, they really provided the support system that I think we needed to be as successful as we are right now. That spoke to exactly what I was hoping you would mention because I'm sure there are some people listening that have an idea that they think is very worthwhile to pursue. You know, they want to figure out how to create um, a product that is innovative to them. It speaks to a need that they see, whether it's within medicine or whatever that might be. I imagine just taking that first step is probably the most daunting, you know, figuring out, okay, well, where do I go from here? What resources do I have? So, hearing that, that there is an abundance of resources for folks to create ideas like this, that's got to be reassuring to anyone listening who has an innovative idea 
that they want to pursue. So for you, what are some things that you think made this so successful to begin with? I mean, you said you, you were winning some venture capital competitions, all sorts of things. Are there moments that you realized, hey, this is pivotal for our success? Or what are some things that you think kind of set you up to be successful down the road? Yeah, I mean, I I really think uh, I, I really have to commend my, the, the core team again, whether it be Brian or Tad, you know, the, a lot of people have experienced brain injuries, um, including myself. And it's this this is a cause that we can't lose. Right. I've lived with this. You know, some, some other team members have lived with this or have known someone that's lived with this. And I mean, it's it's a tragic event when someone gets a TBI and the fact that the helmet industry is really not doing anything. We saw this giant problem and we knew this isn't something we can walk away from. We have to be successful. And I mean, luckily, whether it be venture coaches, whoever it is, venture groups, um, universities, you know, many, many of the other people that we've worked with already have seen that and um, supported us as much as we believed in ourselves, But I mean, at the end of the day, that's where it starts is you've got to believe in yourself. You know, you've got to, that, that leap can be hard and daunting, but entrepreneurs get paid for risk. And sometimes you've got to just take that risk. It almost seems like it's easier if you're willing to take a leap and take a risk, if it's a cause that you're, that's worth pursuing. It seems like a lot of I imagine there were some very tough times or things weren't going as well as you'd hope they were. But just like you said, I mean, because so many people are affected and because it's a problem that we have to face, it's not worth just sweeping under the rug. Um, I imagine that that made things pretty black and white in terms of your determination to make sure that this gets seen through and is something that is going to help people and help prevent some people from, you know, becoming patients uh, that have to deal with the long-term effects of, of brain injury. So I don't want to speak for you, but I, I can only imagine that because it's a cause that everyone feels passionately about, it was a lot easier to, to keep getting up early and staying up late to make sure that this is a product that um, sees the light of day. Yeah. I mean, and we, we can't lose, you know, I mean, and I, and I know we're not, we're not going to lose. We've definitely had failures, you know, I mean, but those, those are opportunities for us to learn. We've learned immensely from those opportunities and I'm not saying we're never going to fail again. I'm, you know, I'm sure the day I stop failing is the day I die. (laughs) It's going to happen. You know, failures are out there, but you have to be determined. You have to push. Yeah, And, uh, you know, like you mentioned, you have to have that passion because at the end of the day, passion drives success. And, you know, I've, I've always been a firm believer of that. And um, I, I know it's what's going to help Flux Motion change the helmet industry forever. For sure. So I imagine getting to this point has been difficult enough, but have you been able to take a step back and look from, you know, a 30,000 foot view at what might be next for flux motion? Yeah, of course. Um, 
you know, we're going to we're going to be starting off with uh, ski helmets. You know, that's going to be going to market here in the next few months. So keep your eye out. You know, we, we've got social media, which I'll mention here in a second, where, where you guys can stay up to date with our product. But um, the helmet industry as a whole, you know, the, the foam helmets, you know, we see these cu- concussions at unprecedented levels. There's definitely a huge opportunity uh, to integrate our technology into a variety of different applications. And so, you know, whether that's growing to, uh, re- you know, recreational bike helmets, you know, and then, and then grow, you know, moving more into motorcycle helmets, football helmets, you know, we, we see the impacts of brain injuries in, in almost all sports. And so the good thing about our solution is that it's it's going to be able to to ultimately grow into those industries and help protect everyone who's an athlete, everyone who wants to go out and and not have to worry about losing their life to a brain injury or, or not being able to ever compete again. You know, they're they're going to be able to have the confidence that our product gives them in their own helmet, and that's because our product is designed with a user in mind. You know. One thing that I would definitely like to hear are, are any of the stories your followers have. For example, they've, they've received a brain injury or have some feedback. You know, let, let's say they've got a helmet right now and, and have some feedback that they have with the, the current helmet that they own uh, that, that, that they'd like to see in the future. You know, but whatever, whatever the case, you know, I'd, I'd really like to hear from all of your followers. Uh, so if you're listening to this right now, you know, you can, you can always email me directly at Ben period McHugh at flux and McHugh is spelled M C H U G H at flux motion LLC.com. Or, you know, if, if you want to follow us another way, all the social media, you can follow our accounts under flux motion LLC. Feel free to visit our website at flux motion LLC.com. Um, there's definitely some great content out there. You know, we've got videos, you know, and a variety of other things that can really help you understand flux motions initiatives moving forward awesome and then for those of you listening i'll also include links in the description of this episode as well please go check them out the work they're doing is amazing i'm it's awesome to know you and to hear how far along this process is and and just how impactful this is going to be for some folks down the road so the work you're doing is awesome so i really appreciate you spending some time chatting with me today and I learned a lot. I now know that um, all those experiments we did in elementary school with the cornstarch and water is going to good use um, and that hopefully down the road, this is going to be a solution that prevents what seems to be a very preventable problem that we just haven't addressed and faced up until this point. So thank you for the work you're doing. I mean, I really appreciate, like I said, the time that you had Um to come on here and I hope that everyone listening can learn some things. Please go check them out. The work you're doing is awesome. So Ben, thanks so much for, for joining. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And uh, thank you. Thank you everyone for listening in. All right. Well, that will do it for another episode of the medical creative. I wanted to thank Ben again for his time and sharing some wisdom with me and thank you at home for listening. I really do appreciate it. If you've got any feedback, any questions or concerns, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, My website is www.themedicalcreative.com. Thanks again for listening. 
Hope you enjoyed it. I hope you have a great day.